Scrooge Family Ghost by Todd Puccio, version November 2022, Chapter 1, Part 3, Christmas Day at the Wilkins Home. The Wilkins family home was filled with the smells of Christmas in time for the most anticipated guests to arrive. Ma and Pa Fezziwig, as they were called in this house, arrived later than usual. They were much slower on their feet as age began to settle in their bones. Mind you, this, this did not stop them from dancing as top couple in the previous night's festivities back at the warehouse. But it is just that we can't blame them for needing to re- more recovery time upon Christmas Day as the years waned. To be sure, they attended church in the morning and then took their time arriving for dinner. Freddy was first to the door. He just adored the Fezziwigs, as they were his adopted grandparents. They were always in a good humor and told the most wonderful tales. Today, he wanted to be the first to greet them, because the night before was the first time that he was allowed to attend the party at the warehouse. His father had told him that he was old enough to apprentice there upon the new year, just as his father had. It would not be an exaggeration to say that Freddy was hoping that Ma and Pa Fezziwig were not alone. Sometimes they brought other members of their family with them to Christmas dinner. On the previous night, Freddy had the distinct pleasure to meet and dance with Ma and Pa's granddaughter, Jenny. She had been staying with them for the season, and they had determined that she also had come to an age that would allow her to attend the night's celebration. Freddy was quite taken with the girl from the moment they were introduced. He couldn't help but be smitten by her long brown hair that had such a slight curl, her smiling brown eyes, perfectly proportioned nose, and those slightly pursed lips that always seemed to be asking to be kissed, which Freddy intended to do, someday, and often. Freddy greeted Ma and Pa with warm hugs, and his young heart leapt under his vest as he bowed and greeted Jenny and reached to take her coat. He knew they were too young to court, and he would have to finish his apprenticeship. But he kept his eye on that young woman for that entire night and for many years later. When the meal was eaten and the usual games were played, sometimes after most of the night's energy had been spent, But before anyone is quite ready to leave, the warm beverages come out. Nuts and dried fruits are eaten. This is when the family tales are usually told. And Ma and Pa Fezziwig always had a new one to share. Freddy had gone upstairs and brought down a box with a set of figurines in it. Among them were a baby in a manger, a woman in a blue hood on her knees, and a man standing leaning on a staff. Fred showed this box to the family, saying, The most unusual thing happened the other night on St. Nicholas Day. I thought I heard music. Well, it sounded like a harp. Or, no, it sounded like a woman's voice. It was a familiar song, but I had forgotten the name and the words. But I was sure I knew the song. It sounded like it was outside my bedroom. Then it was in the hall, and then going up the stairs. No, I'm not kidding. 
I followed the music into the attic, and I could swear that I heard it in a little hope chest that was up there. I brought it to my father the next morning, and my father told me that this was my mother's hope chest, and that I was old enough to open it and see what was inside. Ma Fezziwig grinned. Oh, I see we have another storyteller in the family. Freddie continued. I found some of my mother's old letters and journals, and I found this box with figurines. Ma, do you know anything about them? Mrs. Fezziwig reached out to Fred, hoping to clasp the little figurines that he had brought out. She spoke. Oh, yes, my dear Freddie, those little Christmas nativity statues belong to your mother, and your grandmother before her, and her mother before her. I have heard it was an old Italian tradition, she continued. I was your grandmother's particular friend when we were young. We would have the most joyous of parties at Christmas Eve in our youth. Well, you may think that it is a Fezziwig tradition to host the most jolly of Christmas Eve gatherings. That was only true because we were inspired by your grandmother before she left us. The parties were at the Scrooge household. She would dance and sing and get all of her friends and family to do the same. When she died, your grandfather Scrooge wanted nothing to do with Christmas for many years. He sent your uncle Ebenezer, poor boy, away to school, and he often remanded your mother Frances, well, we called her Fan, into our care, when he would have his fits of melancholy. As he grew older, we were able to help your grandfather find a fit housekeeper to care for him and Fan. Old Mr. Fezziwig and I took on your grandmother's tradition of the Christmas Eve party. We started hosting it at the warehouse. Freddy handed a couple of the figurines to the, to the family matron and asked, Why, I mean... Do you know why she loved Christmas so much? Yes, my boy. Actually, I do. Sit down, boy, and gather the rest of the family around here. I will tell you the Christmas tale that your grandmother once told me about the little ghost of Christmas wishes. The Ghost of Christmas Wishes Julie's birthday was on December 24th. It is important that you understand this. For I believe it is on this account that she loved that holiday above the others. Christmas was not a big holiday in those days as it is now. It was celebrated in England, at least quietly, if at all. Julie, however, had a wish. She wished that all the people in the world loved Christmas as much as she did. Juliana Morley's father was a man of the world. He traveled abroad to the continent, far from his father's cottage often. Of course, there was a bit of a scandal when he returned to Yorkshire with an Italian Catholic bride. The couple, however, were unconcerned with the gossip from the gentry, and they continued with frequent travel even after their daughter Julie was born. Julie was not a fetching or handsome lass by conventional standards, but what she lacked in winsome looks, she made up for in charisma of spirit. She could run and climb and play at war with the boys as good as any other of them. 
When she would return at the end of the day at play, many a housekeeper would need to douse her with water about the hands and face, remove her muddy shoes, dust off her clothes, and empty her pockets of toads or grasshoppers. Julie's mother would often tell her many tales of fantastic myths and legends from all over Europe. She would hear of the many saints and knights and ladies. But her favorite tales were hearing about how the Christmas holiday is celebrated in each of the countries. Her favorite song was a blithe melody that could be sung or hummed or played any time of the year to bring about joy. One Christmas Eve day, Julie's mother showed her a small nativity crash. She told her daughter it was a tradition in Italy invented by St. Francis of Assisi. Julie loved this small scene so much that she begged her mother to let her stay near it all Christmas Eve night long. One Christmas Eve night, Julie was awakened by the sounds of a child's laughter. Then she opened her eyes, and she saw a small toddler, a little boy who was laughing and playing on the floor in front of the nativity scene. Julie felt no fear, but only joy and curiosity at the sight of this child. He turned and smiled at her for several moments. Julie felt like playing with this little child. Oh, how she loved small children! She began to hum and sing her favorite song for the boy. The toddler began a small childish dance and approached her. When she continued the song, some more the boy child reached up to her. She was not quite sure how she knew, but she knew that he wanted to dance with her. And she did. The young girl and the small child began to dance around the salon with complete Christmas joy. Once thoroughly winded, Julia had to sit down and giggled as she did. The little boy climbed into her lap and played with her lips, as children often do. They stared into each other's eyes, and the little boy, somehow, without actually speaking, asked Julie what it was that she wished for most at Christmas. Julie knew very well what her Christmas wish was for every year. That people around the world might someday love Christmas as much as I do. The little boy began to giggle and then vanished, just as he gave Julie a parting hug around her neck. Julie called out for the little boy a few times, and her mother came down the stairs into the salon. Julie told her mother what had happened. Her mother gave a smile and a sympathetic laugh. She told her that she must have been dreaming about the legend of how St. Francis and the statue of the Christ child jumped into his arms. Julie insisted that the little dancing boy was really there and that her mother had never told her the tale of St. Francis before. And indeed, Julie's mother did not recall telling her about that legend. Then her mother kissed the little daughter upon the head and told her that it must have been a delightful Christmas dream that the baby Jesus gave to her on this night. Ma finished her tale by concluding, And for many years, Julie once told me that until she was married, that she would sleep near the Christmas nativity scene and dance with the little boy every Christmas Eve. And that is why, even after she married, 
Gilbert Scrooge, Julianne insisted that a fine party with dancing was to be held on Christmas Eve in her household for as long as she lived. Cheers and applause erupted as Ma Fezziwig finished her story. Pa Fezziwig congratulated her on her cleverness and skills at storytelling. And Freddy's father raised his cup and spoke the final evening's toast. To Freddy's discovery! Hear, hear! To Freddy's coming of age! Hear, hear! To Fan's treasures! Hear, hear! And to Grandmother Julie and her Christmas wishes! Hear, hear!